This is Monday Morning Church, the podcast where executive pastors, church administrators, and IT managers share their stories. Monday Morning Church is presented by KissFlow, the church automation solution. You can download the free ebook, The Beginner's Guide to Church Automation, at bit.do slash church automation. That's bit.do slash church automation. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Church Podcast. Nathan Golden is joining us today from Brook Lake Church in Federal Way, Washington. Great to have you on the show today, Nathan. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Courtney. It's a pleasure. So, Nathan, tell us a little bit about how you came into your position of executive pastor there at Brook Lake. Yeah, well, it's it's been a uh, an interesting journey, like I'm sure most people can experience. Been part of Brook Lake Church since '91, and so a lot of history there went through. Uh, junior high and high school youth programs, and then uh, kind of went up to college and did some traveling. And and then uh, our pastor at the time uh, called me up one day and he said, hey, I just want to check in with you on your life and see how's it going and would you like to meet? And I knew there was something more that he had in mind for me. So uh, uh, I had been working with Youth with a Mission, doing some uh, international work, and he, he wanted to get caught up on that because they had kind of invested in me for that. And he said, well, we have a we have a position available that we're creating uh, as an outreach director, and we think you'd be great for it. Would you be interested? And in all honesty, I, I didn't want to work at a church. Uh, <laughs> I can just be straight about that, and I'm sure that's other people's experience too. But uh, basically, I said, well, uh, I'm very flattered. I'm not sure. Uh, I, had, I just got married, and, and uh, so I kind of went home and made a list of pros and cons. Well, you know, should I do this? Should I not? And it wasn't what I was envisioning, but kind of submitted it to prayer and met with him again and, and uh, started a month or so later. And so started actually as the outreach director and just through a course of events, as anyone who works at a church knows, you, oh, oh, you've got kind of this skill set or, oh, you're handy. We're going to go ahead and just put you in charge of the whole church, you know, uh, <laughs> upkeep in the grounds. and <laughs> No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. So, it's really just been over the course of the years, um, just trying to be available to the needs of the campus and what you know what God might be speaking to me, and and uh, just took on more responsibilities, became the campus pastor, and then it's just been under a year that I've been uh, the executive pastor at Brooklake. In fact, it was a new position created, uh, just with kind of our leadership structure. We felt like that was the right way to go, and uh, I was offered that position, and so. Still kind of new for me, learning what that means in our context, but uh, it, it was, it, it's been good. It's, it feels kind of like a, a little bait and switch from the Lord because I, I had no idea, but now I'm, I'm having the time of my life. So. <laughs> it's kind of funny to go from not wanting a position in the church to being an executive pastor, which is pretty involved. Yeah, uh, yeah you could say that again. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been at Brooklake then from that start to now? About eight years. I'll celebrate my eight-year anniversary in just a few days here. So, yep. Okay. So for you, you know, in the last year working out this executive pastor role, and I'm sure considering too, some of the roles you brought into it from what you had been doing previously, what exactly are your day-to-day responsibilities? Yeah, well, that does vary as, as it does with any other job, but primarily I, I give oversight to, um, to the campus as a whole. So uh, that includes a preschool through fifth grade. And then we have a child care center, which is like babies to about five years old. 
So kind of give oversight to the teams that lead those, um, as well as the physical campus. And then uh, one of my main roles is, is helping people take their next steps. Um, and that can be anywhere from salvation and baptism to joining a group, uh, outreach, well, all of the above, essentially. So I, I can't sing, so I'm not on the worship team, but otherwise I'm pretty involved um, on Sundays and throughout the re- weeks, really just concentrating on on how can how can we live out our faith? How can we take next steps? None of us have arrived. And, and so hmm. um, everything we do at Brooklake is within a team context. So um, I get the pleasure of leading a few different teams on the campus, um, kind of giving direction and vision for that and, and being available. Um, but those are the kind of the primary areas, next steps, communications, um, some staff development and, and in our school hmm. and our learning center. Now, you answered some of what this next question was going to be, um, but I was curious, you, know, you mentioned you like to help people take next steps. And sometimes the executive pastor position can actually really remove a pastor from you know, individuals in the church because you're, you know, more behind the scenes, more on the administrative side. How have you stayed connected or has that been a challenge at all for you or has it not been since you guys are a church that's so team oriented? Yeah, part of what we, what we're really passionate about is just obviously creating kind of a leadership culture and being able to not just hand things off to hand them off, but, but to help those um, either volunteers or those uh, on staff to develop what they're really good at and, and we're always trying to discover where you know where would this person really thrive at and get them into that position and not just leave them there. That's one thing we're working hard on too is just getting people equipped and trained and, and being with them. But I try to be as available as I can be without without it hurting. It's it's the tyranny of the urgent, right? There's mm-hmm. always something and the emails are are coming in constantly all day and, and all that. So it's it's learning how to um still be uh, a pastor and then also kind of helping people understand that, that if, if you have a need and, and you're plugged in with a, maybe a, a small group community, that um, that is really your family within the larger family of our church and the larger family of the body of Christ. So mm. it's kind of, we're kind of, we've kind of got this interesting dynamic within our church because we have a lot of people that have been there uh, uh, we're in our 49th year as a church. So we've got a lot of people that have been there from early on and they've got an expectation of the role of a pastor, whether that's lead or executive pastor. And then you've got the newer, kind of maybe newer to church, newer generation where they're just looking for their tribe. They know that the pastor is busy and he can't come see me if I've got a cold or if I'm <laughs> laid up in the hospital necessarily. Um, there are times, of course, that that's appropriate, but that's just the rub that we have. So we're we're really available as a staff on Sunday mornings to people. We just we don't hide out. We just talk with people and, and are there to serve them. And then behind the scenes, it kind of feels almost like throughout the week, almost like a puppet master to some degree. I know that sounds maybe a, a bad metaphor, but but okay, am I really the best person to answer this email or this question? No, maybe this leader would be the right person. So kind of just figuring out what to say no to, what to say yes to. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's it's a rub for sure. So to tell me a little more about Brook Lake, you know, what are some best practices you have going on there, or maybe you've kind of come up with a solution, <laughs> figured something out that might be interesting for others listening. Yeah, I think what we do really well that I'm that I, probably the reason that I'm excited and that I get to um, 
stick around there with enthusiasm is is that I mentioned it earlier was that we do everything in teams. So we're, we're always trying to break down kind of a, a silo mentality. That's going to happen to some degree that, that sometimes we just got to hunker down and get things done. But when you work in teams, there's, uh, for one, you, you should like the people that you work with in a team. So that's, that's can be difficult if that's not, if there's not good chemistry there. Um, I think it's Bill Hybels that talks about the three C's chemistry and competency and character. And, um, mm. when that chemistry piece is not there, it really, man, if you're not, if you're not excited to come to work at a church, because of some of the people you work with, either either we need to have some some courageous conversations, or you just really look: are they in the right role? Am I in the right role? Um, and so, right now, we I just feel like we have a really healthy um, leadership team. We call it our our directional leadership team, or or our DLT. I was I was hoping for Brooklyn leadership team, because then we'd be the BLT. But <laughs> you know, not, but then everyone would get hungry when you said it. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm not the creative person. You know, I just uh, handle the details. <laughs> but, um, and as a leadership team, that consists of myself, um, the lead pastor who leads that team. And then we have three other um, of our kind of executive leaders on that. And then each one, everything that kind of flows from the church um, flows from that group. So then each one of us lead, lead teams or teams under us. And so nobody's kind of a lone ranger. We're just, we're just thinking... How can we support one another? How can we uh, remove obstacles in the way from one another? How can we equip and train? And so we're we're really um, looking for those opportunities. But then also, um, you know, how can we grow as leaders? And so mm-hmm. in that kind of high level leadership team, we're we're reading books together, we're listening to podcasts, we're trying out new things, kind of in that group to see if they work before passing them on to the staff. And so I think it's. I think that's what really gets me excited is five of us that really have worked together for a lot of years, but, but have each other's back and we fully trust one another and it just makes for a lot of fun. Those are the meetings mm-hmm. I actually look forward to. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Some meetings are so fun, but those are good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me a little about the structure of Brook Lake. You have this directional leadership team. Is this the kind of exclusive leadership group of Brook Lake? Do you also have some kind of board of elders or how does that work for you all? Yeah, we have a, an elected board of trustees uh, that's elected by our members, and that happens on a on a annual basis. We have our annual members meeting, and depending on the rotation of those board members, maybe their maybe their term is up, and and uh, they'll either go up for reelection or not. Uh, but their primary function is the oversight of the overall financial position of the church. So they're they're looking. Um, in kind of our monthly meetings, how how we doing? Um, you know, are there any areas we need to give some attention to? So they're just helping keep accountability for the finances of the church. Hmm. We don't have a big structure for making decisions. Of course, if we were going to, uh, a few years ago, we did a big uh, expansion to the building, and the board was very much involved with that because they really care about the kind of the hard assets and the property itself. We wouldn't, you know, include them in that, of course. But a lot of the day-to-day um, operations come come through the the directional leadership team, and then they're they're passed down to the organization. Hmm. Now, okay, we're going to go on the flip side of this. Then, what is you know a current challenge that you have there at Brook Lake that you haven't yet found your solution for? Yeah, um, 
there's always quite a few. I, I would say that um, one of the things that, that we're working on right now is how to get things done, <laughs> how to really get things done well and effectively. And I couldn't recommend higher a book that we're reading right now, The Four Disciplines of Execution. Um, it's Chris McChesney and Sean Covey. And it's just four things, four four disciplines that uh, an organization should do in order to define what's really important and then um, discover some ways to affect that and then keep keep what they call a scoreboard, how we're doing on our goal, and then finally uh, weekly meetings that are based on, hey, here's what I committed to do. I did it or I didn't do it. Uh, here's what I'm going to do to change that. And, uh, and you guys will hold me accountable to that next week. So it's been really insightful because we're like most probably, uh, leadership teams, we have lots of good ideas, lots of vision, and we're able to get some of that done. But, um, often it it just, um, in this book, if you, if you haven't read it again, I'd recommend it, but they acknowledge a couple of things that's been really helpful for us. And that is uh, this idea that, we have really important things. We have really urgent things. The urgent things will always eat up the important things. And and actually, let's just step back and give those a couple of names. And so they give the name uh, for the urgent. They call it the whirlwind. So mm. that's the day-to-day, the things that you have to get done um, that suck up a majority or all of your time if you let them. But if you don't do them at all, your church or your business or your organization um, will cease to exist. So you have to say... Okay, it's crazy today. <laughs> Things are not going the way that I planned, but I got to take care of this and this and this and this. They're not on the schedule. If I don't do those things, it could be um, detrimental to us as a church. So I got to take care of those things. So if we're given about 80% of our time to that, that's great. But then if we don't have time for um, talking through and meeting important goals, things that are really important to us, then um, then that's also going to stall out a church or a business without vision and then a way to achieve that. And they call that a wildly important goal. And you should only have mm. one or two of those at any one time. So we're, we're actually working through this. We're training our staff on it. And it's been the thing that we felt like other things that we've read and other things that we've worked through have kind of prepared us for this time. And then this, this book has really been kind of, all right, this is kind of the last piece of the puzzle to really help us move in some of the directions we feel that we need to go. Um, how can we, how can we really equip our volunteers? How can we really um, teach them about what it is to use your talents for the Lord, use your gifts and, uh, and serve because we all know once we start serving with our time, then, 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 then the challenges come, but also the life change begins to come. So mm. we're trying to focus on what should we really be focusing on for tw- up to 20% of our work week, then how do we, how do we affect the, those numbers? How do we go about um, tracking it? And then finally, you know, <laughs> when we get together as a group, did you do what you, what you said you were going to do? And that's always kind of the scary part, but mm, yeah, that's the hardest part. <laughs> yeah. That like, Oh, my boss didn't tell me to do this. I committed to the group that I was going to do this. <laughs> um, and I, I did or didn't. So now I got to do last week's and this week, but I'm going to do it because, you know, I'm, I'm setting that standard and, and everyone's saying, okay, we'll, we'll see you next week how you do. Hmm. So not a pressure thing. It's actually, I think, going to bring 
for us, uh, a lot of health and structure to already some amazing people that just haven't, we haven't been able as a leadership team to equip with a system that is really going to work. Hmm. You know, sometimes it's kind of like rules can bring freedom. Accountability can bring freedom. It frees you from the weight of excuses or distraction because you don't have a choice but to stay focused. Yeah, that's right. And it, it can be a scary word too, but we've also learned that there's a way to do accountability in a healthy way or even conflict um, Hmm. doesn't mean we're yelling and screaming at each other. It's just being willing to say, Hey, let's talk about this. Cause, cause we said, we said one thing and and it didn't happen. So we've got to at least talk about it because it's on everybody's mind. We'd rather just work through it. So conflict can be really healthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I know my first thought when I think of conflict is, Oh man, (laughs) you know, yeah. Going to blows or something, but no, we don't do that. Hmm. Now you mentioned in, um, you know, your directional leadership team meetings that you'll often, you know, you mentioned this book that you're reading, the four disciplines of execution, and you mentioned listening to some podcasts and who are some of those leaders that you kind of listen to as a team or some other books you've read maybe, or some maybe blogs that you pay attention to? Yeah. Um, I would say primarily some of the, some of the people that we're listening to are, uh, Craig Rochelle and his leadership podcast. Um, we really like uh, Carrie Newhoff and his leadership podcast. Um, on the Entree Leadership Podcast, those guys bring in some just some top quality people. In fact, um, as I'm thinking about, I think it was Donald Miller's um, podcast where we first heard of the four disciplines of execution. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's amazing how if you put yourself out there and, and start following and listening to successful leaders, then you even learn more about the people that are helping them be successful. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, some other books we've, we've read, um, The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. Um The book we read right before this one is uh, The E-Myth Revisited, and it's actually um, about small businesses and, and why they don't necessarily work. And, and, you know, some people have a hard time if you talk about a church kind of from a business perspective, but there's a lot of the same challenges. Um, mm. You know, we've got with between our, between our church staff, our school, our childcare, we're, you know, we're around 50 people. Um, and if you don't have some structures in place as you would in a business um, and you don't know how to, to kind of grow, equip, support those people, then, then you're actually, I think, being a little bit foolish to not look at some great minds in business and, and uh, see how you can treat your people really well and learn best practices. So mm. those are just a handful of some of the people that we kind of look to for, for guidance or when we're stuck or even just, wow, we didn't even know we were missing that. Uh, so thankful for some of those guys and dogs mentioned, just kind of out, out in front and helping us learn as we go. Yeah, no, those are some great resources. So Nathan, to end here, what encouragement would you give to others in church leadership? Try to get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, try to get some sleep. In fact, the, the more um, this is kind of becoming a, a theme within some of these highlighted level leadership people, they're saying, you know, we're we're trying to sleep more um, because mm. the work is never the work is never done, and and rightfully so. I mean. As long as Jesus continues to build his church, which he said he'll do, then there is, if we're not careful, we'll put a disproportionate amount of um, 
responsibility on ourselves, but actually God is saying, I, I'm the one who's building the church and he's inviting us to be part of it. So we've got to make sure that we are saying no a, an appropriate amount so that we're with our families and our kids, if you have them. Um, and that's, I mean, this is, a, this is probably the hardest thing for me to do is just say no, get some rest, take a nap. It's a holy thing to do. Um, and then the other thing would be just, uh, just really evaluate who you're working with day in and day out. And, and once you get the right people, and this has taken us some years to do, but really to get the right people in the right places and that you actually um, enjoy working with those people and they enjoy you, that, um, that is just, that'll make all the difference right there. Mm. Oh, that's great. Nathan, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. This has been Monday Morning Church, presented by Kissflow. To learn how you can transition your church from paper forms to automated processes and improve your communication, go to church.kissflow.com.